do you want to share stuff about that? Like, what do you actually think <laughs> about all the stuff that Elon's getting into with his like political stuff? Is that something you want to talk about? Um, you know, I it's like personally, I've never been allowed to share my political leanings okay. like ever as a journalist because yeah. it could get me fired. Sure. Like legit, even if like I've seen people fired over like a tweet. You know, like, so, so I think I've been like trained for so long, just not even to get involved with that. But I do think that there is something to be said for, you know, like refraining from sharing that information as like a CEO or, you know, a a public figure of a big company. However, at the same time, I don't know, Elon's Elon, right? So, um, what do I think about it? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be selling my Tesla stock anytime soon. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. It it does seem like it's escalating, right? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a new headline about, I guess he, what just got sued today or something. Did he? I didn't even see that. Yeah. I guess a Twitter uh, stockholder sued him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's probably just like, it's probably no different than the stuff he was facing while, I mean, at Tesla, he gets, I think he gets sued all the time. It's just, right. we don't really hear about it. So it's some, some, you know, could be any rogue investor that feels like totally. either for publicity or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, like I get a hundred percent what you're, what you're coming from too. And especially being in that sort of background as a journalist, like I can't even imagine like, cause really like the, the job is to be impartial. Like totally. you're just bringing forward information, bringing forward right. news. So I a hundred percent get how, uh, as a journalist, you at the very least, you should never either show your bias or report with a bias, right? You should be 100% oh, yeah. down the middle. Right. Right. Um, but like at the same time, I think it's impossible for people to not have opinions. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, that's, yeah. that's one thing. And it's about like separating, it's separating opinion from the job. You know, did you find that difficult while you were being a journalist? Like, how did you even, what was that like? Cause that must've been difficult to handle. Um, Or did you get used to it over time? I think I got used to it. I mean, yeah, it was just like, I, it it was not worth getting in trouble, you know? And like I said, I've seen people have the plug pulled on them, literally lose their jobs for something that seems so innocent and so minor, like a tweet or like wearing a hat, you know, uh, that says some, a certain candidate. So, um, wow. Like lost job. There's no second chances. Like you're out immediate. Okay. Done. So, and I mean, it's good. It, you know, it's interesting. I made a video, uh, recently and I addressed a comment that a viewer made, which is they said, Ellie always starts a conversation, but she never inserts herself into the discussion. And it's true. Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, I want to hear from you guys. And I ask people some sort of a question. And so I responded to this in my video and I said, you know, for years, I was like not really allowed to insert myself, so to speak, because usually I'm asking you guys for like an opinion and, you know, like some sort of a, a leaning or whatever. And, um, and then all these people were commenting. I was kind of surprised. They're like, no, don't change up your style. Like, please don't become, you know, don't give your commentary. We have enough of that. We, Mm. we like the way that you have journalistic integrity and just report the news. And so I was really like glad to hear that they like respected the way that I, you know, do my videos and and they don't want, (laughs) 
don't want me to be like these YouTubers that are you just kind of unhinged maybe, which is fine for me. <laughs> me? Like, I don't, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't want to do that either. It, and, and I think, unfortunately, I think um, one guy, he's like, oh, I'm leaving now because uh, now it sounds like you're going to turn into giving your own opinion. And I, I was just trying to defend myself because I guess the way that I read the guy's comment is that, you know, Ellie doesn't have anything going on in her mind to like form an opinion, but I'm like, no, no. I do. I just, you know, I'm not trying to pick a side. It's not about me. It's like, here's the facts. Here's the latest headline of the day. What do you guys think? So hopefully it didn't backfire on me too much. I think for the most part, it's just confirmed that people like, you know, getting, getting the news, um, unbiased. So I feel like there's such a hunger for it. That's, I think that's really the big thing, especially nowadays. And I don't know how you feel about this because you, you were a journalist for eight years or a little yeah. over eight years, right? Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Um, I feel like the market for unbiased, as, as close to the truth as possible, at least for me, I haven't, you know, I'm 35 years old. I haven't been around long enough to be like, this is what it was like with Walter Cronkite. You know, I'm not, yeah. I haven't been around long enough, but it seems like there is a dire hunger and thirst for non-partial straight sure. down the middle just tell me what the hell is going on and it doesn't right. even have to be politics it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be an, it's anything it's right. anything and i think anybody who who attempts to do that i think is going to be extremely successful because of that thirst at the same time though like i wonder at the same time uh, like I hope there's still a forum like for example if I were to use your channel as an example right people really appreciate the fact that you come forward and and you are unbiased in everything that you do but at the same time I I hope that doesn't mean that people like people are not going to want to hear your ideas or even your opinions I feel like an opinion in itself is not necessarily a bad thing it's right. it's it's the fact that we have such a weird conversation around ideas that's so divisive i feel like because ideas on their own is not really a bad thing like why is right. it so bad that somebody shares their opinion you know what i'm totally. saying have you thought totally. about that at all like like how, how do you think about that within that context like if there was a way to for you to get your opinions out in a manner so that people didn't view it as biased but just your opinion like how do you think about that well i want to i want to back up for a second just to something that you made me think of when you say that people are really hungry for getting just like the truth and, you know, unbiased, impartial news. And I think that there is, you know, rampant misinformation on social media combined with a distrust of like the mainstream media. And so like, even like I, I would go and cover like protests at the state Capitol for whatever it was. And people would be like, Oh, what kind of spin are you going to put on this? And I'm like, no spin. Like they totally, some people didn't, not everyone, but some people did not trust me. Like they saw my, my mic flag, you know, with the, the Fox news logo. And sorry, people being like the general population or other like, or uh, peers. Oh no, like people, general population, okay, like got it. my job is to like go to this protest and got walk it. around with a mic and a camera and be like, hey, do you yeah. mind sharing your thoughts on abortion or whatever it is? And, you know, um, 
so many people were just like, well, what kind of spin are you going to put on it? And it's like, no spin. You're going to give me a soundbite. And I'm going to say, Joe Smith feels this way or this way enter soundbite. But so, um, yeah, I think that it's, it's a tough time for like, yes, people want the truth, but I also think that there's like a lot of mistrust. I mean, look at everything with the pandemic and like how divisive health and safety became, you know, like mistrust of the vaccine, kind of like a lot of conspiracies going on. And so it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a tough time. Yeah. Where, where do you think that mistrust is rooted? Like how, how, how do you think, do you think about that at all? Like where, where could that mistrust potentially come from? Ooh, These are very loaded. big questions. I know. That's a loaded question. <laughs> Welcome that's to loaded... the podcast. <laughs> well, I think it also like, I'm like, ooh, like, I don't know, like how much I want to share it. Cause I'm, like I said, it's like so ingrained in me sure. to not point to one party or another party for influencing those things. Yeah. But listen, if you're uncomfortable, like you don't have to yeah. answer these questions, right? Like whatever you're comfortable with, you don't have to answer them just because I ask them. I just ask I them will... because, yeah. I think it's a problem. And, and I think one of the reasons why I see value in me becoming a full-time YouTuber, even though it's a little bit early still, like I need a bigger following on my channel, but I think that people are turning to YouTube and YouTubers as their journalism outlet. Like whether they kind of realize consciously that they're like seeking out news on YouTube, you know, cause I, I think people say, well, I don't watch the news, but it's like, no, you're like deep diving into Tesla and you follow like, you know, all of these YouTubers that give you what you want. And so um, I just see, I just see a need for someone who's experienced to provide that news on a platform that people are turning to. Cause a lot of people uh, don't want to watch news anymore. Like yeah. I've, I've seen the sinking ship for years now. TV news is struggling. It's been that way for years now. And I think it's just getting worse. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's so fascinating you say that because it's just a, it's like, it's like, I'm going to use Rob Maurer as an example, you know, Rob Maurer, Tesla yeah, daily. Yeah. yeah. He, he, from what I understand, he started Tesla daily as an example back in 2018 or whatever, 2019 as an individual who was trying to fight what, what was called a FUD at that time against Tesla. There was a lot of like new stuff going on around the company. And then he was a person that said, you know what, I'm going to create a channel that's dedicated to just bringing the truth about Tesla. I'm going to bring all these news articles or I'm going to properly um, try to spell out as non-biased as possible. At least that's the vibe that I got from him. Uh, what the Tesla news actually are. And then he is news. <laughs> like he is the definition of news. And the fact that he has a following that uh, come to him for trust to me is signaling a move away from um, like corporations or brands bringing the news to individuals, right? And I think totally. the Substack movement is sort of like that too. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with Substack. I, uh, you might be or you might be not, but it's it's basically a platform where individual journalists uh, basically 
So like, for example, Glenn Greenwald or Matt Taibbi or these, all these other journalist guys, they have a Substack, and then individuals can go pay them directly, like say 10 bucks a month. And then they get reporting directly from the journalist himself instead of like, say they go to New York Times and then they write in New York Times sometimes, right? So I'm seeing more of a shift towards individual people, like people that they trust. It's almost like Walter Cronkite days, but like for different segments, like people are being way more picky about what they want to follow. Um, right, what, totally. What was like that thing? So you talked about how you've kind of seen the decay of, of TV news going sort of like the decay of TV news. Oh, yeah. What was the thing? What was the thing that you realized early on? That's like, wow, okay, this is happening. What was the, what was the signal? Um, I think that when I entered the business, I had this idea that, you know, it would, and people say this, oh, TV news sounds so glamorous. And it's like, so many people are surprised to know that most reporters like are doing all of it themselves. So like we're carrying the tripod and the camera around. We don't have a photographer with us and we are what's called an MMJ, a multimedia journalist. And so when I realized that they were kind of like consolidating these multiple jobs for one person, I'm like, okay, that must be like, you know, a budget thing. Um, and, and then just, I don't know, hearing like more and more people. And I think the pandemic really like compounded this is like, oh, wow, you're on the news. That's so cool. But I don't watch the news because it's sad. And I try to stay away from that, but good for you, you know? And I'm like, well, like people don't want to consume this because it's sad. And like, so I think like there's, you know, less viewership, obviously there's not a lot of money compared to like, I would have people tell me, well, in the nineties, you know, it was the glory days. You made so much money. And I'm like, well, clearly I'm not in that boat. So, um, you know, but I think a lot of people that are in the business, you're certainly not in it for the money unless you're in like a big market and you're the main face and you're one of the main anchors, you're not getting paid a lot. Um, but you're doing it for passion of storytelling and you feel that your work is, is worthy. And, you know, you're, you're getting the truth out and giving a voice to the voiceless. There's something different every day. There's rewarding aspects of it, but, um, it starts to really take a toll on you. And I think people, just not everyone wants to, people want to tune it out. I mean, like, look at, look at the pandemic. It was like, we, we couldn't escape it. It was, it was very sad. So why would you want to add on to that and just consume, you know, all the sad stuff? I don't know. Some yeah. people are news junkies, but I think more people are like prioritizing mental health and maybe digesting all of that bad news is like not great. Would you say all like, that's a really interesting thing you just said, because I'm wondering, like, I'll tell you, that's why I stopped watching network television, because it's doom story after doom story, right? Which, but then my head goes to, okay, have more sad things, are more sad things happening, or are we covering a disproportionate amount of sad things? How do you think about that? Oh, man. Um... Well, I know that we try to cover some positive stories, but, you know, we want leads, not we, not me, but we mm. as, you know, the, the boss or the producer or whatever wants leads. And 
like, cause people ask me that all the time. They're like, well, why can't you just do more stories about like puppies being adopted? And I'm like, <laughs> because if we don't cover the school shooting or, yeah. you know, this tragic story where these kids died because there were no, you know, carbon monoxide detectors in their home. And then, you know, covering those things inspires change. Okay. Now they have, you know, those detectors installed in all of the units at this housing, you know, um, one story, I'm actually a specific story that I'm referring to is like these kids died in a fire because there were no smoke detectors in the home. And this was at like, you know, um, a housing development for agricultural workers. Mm. And so after these kids died, they made sure to outfit every single one of those units with smoke detectors. So like covering these things can, can bring about good changes, but um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I think that the thing too is like, because it's such a changing medium, I know that like the um, my bosses have been really like you have to be hitting it hard on social media and like we have to like win on social like they don't even necessarily care so much about the tv product anymore they want to win on the youtube they want to win on you know the facebook page and so i think that they're just posting more because that's where people are so you're like seeing it more like we don't we don't worry about how many times we post a day in fact like you want to post like as much as like it's crazy dude it's it's like so i think that it's just like news outlets trying to keep up interesting And that's why you're seeing a lot of it because they're like you know trying to keep up trying to stay relevant i wonder how much that sort of so I'm trying to separate out, I'm trying to separate out, like, I understand that if we want news, it has to make money in some way, because we need to pay journalists to go out to do the work, obviously. Like, this is not a, no one's going to do that tough job unless they have something to work towards. Like, it's, you know, and if you're just going to have volunteer journalists, talk about corruption, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's literally the worst case scenario. So... I'm trying to like keep that in mind. At the same time though, I'm trying to wonder like as we transition towards a more like social media landscape, more stuff on the internet, and then uh, really clicks and views are the things that are going to drive uh, people going to a specific network or viewing a specific uh, uh, article or whatever. I wonder, <clears throat> I wonder if the incentive structure is misaligned to, um, I wonder if the incentive structure is, is misaligned somehow. So, like, so, so, say you live in an environment like, like, sort of like we described, where uh, the network almost incentivizes you to post as many articles as humanly possible each day, because the, I'm guessing the more stuff you have out there, the more likely it is for somebody to see something that they want to view, and then they click on it and they, and they go and they go view it, right? Right. But totally. But how much of that is? How much of that is, oh man, like, I don't even know how to verbalize it. Like, of course, you're always going to be trying to seek out stories that are going to, okay, so under that structure, is it correct that you would automatically try to seek out stories that are going to create the most likely scenario of somebody clicking on the link? Is that a true statement? Oh, yeah. I think that like, like headline and, you know, how you title the article Unfortunately, yes, you want people to click, but at the same time, people hate clickbait. So you have to be like accurate in your title, but you're not just going to put like, you know, 
city council holds meeting. It's like, what was like the emotional fiery thing and how can we get people to care about reading this? So yes, I think that there's definitely strategy involved, but you know, sometimes people overly embellish. um, And then, you know, people will comment on that. I mean, that's the thing too, is like, because it's on social media, you have a comment field where people can just kind of roast or shit on the article, right? And say yeah. like, this was clickbait. This is yeah. ridiculous. Or, you know, this reporter knows nothing. So it, it goes both ways. It's not like you just put it out there and no one can call you out for providing bad journalism. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, but I think, yeah, the motivation is definitely to get as, as many people, you know, flooding into whatever it is, YouTube or your website, yeah as possible i wonder too like i wonder if if they move away from the news as as is stated on the network because it's almost like a downward spiral right so like say if you're a news network you t- correct me if i'm wrong in this statement but if you're a news network that's dependent on people viewing you and then you start losing viewers wouldn't that news network try to uh do whatever he can to bring viewers back to their network by uh, showing maybe articles or specific pieces that are like used to drum up a certain time of a type of emotion, and as they continue to lose viewers, will that get worse and worse over time? So it's like what I'm what I'm envisioning is as a news network loses more and more viewership, are they going to get more and more desperate for viewers, and is the what would be categorized as news becomes more and more diluted because you're just trying to get viewers in, and then you have these crazy titles and everything like is that a first statement that as a that that's a possible thing that could happen like how do you think about that because I, I think about that a lot you know like if i view like a cnn or an msnbc or whatever other news network that's uh not doing as well as they used to i'm trying to think about okay so what incentives like how can they get viewers back and i'm like well I, I do YouTube now and I, I could see how they would want to create titles and thumbnails for their right. articles that like just it just grab your attention just come on in come on in but i feel like the more you lose the crazier you get in a way you know Um, is that i mean i i think every station is different and i i think oh man that's a hard question um i think that it depends first of all why people why they're losing viewers you know is it that the older population of viewers that they had is like straight up dying is it that um they're losing viewers because they're not switching to a competitor they're just switching off okay Mm -hmm. because that's a real thing is that maybe people you know they're not going to the guy next door they're just they don't want to associate with bad news but i think what i'm what i'm noticing is is more in-depth youtube coverage from news outlets Mm. So they are using that format to their advantage. And I'm seeing more, you know, like in-depth CNBC or whatever it is. And they actually do a pretty good job. So mm. I think that they're, what, what is happening is that you have to adapt and overcome. And we have a shifting medium and we have streaming services that now everyone's trying to get, you know, I mean, even my, even my old station had their own, you know, uh, app or whatever on a streaming service. So like everything's changing and, uh, it's not, I don't think like news is ever, or, you know, mainstream outlets are ever going to completely go away, 
but they're changing. Mm-hmm. They're changing. And yeah, sometimes I guess to address another part of your question, like I do see like sometimes uh, news stations, you know, maybe it's like your local San Diego news or something. They partner with some weird, you know, kind of like more entertainment, one of those like viral video factories and they'll share that video. And it's like, okay, you're just doing this for like engagement. Like this is purely engagement. There's nothing local about the story. You know, this is like a video of some Panda in China, but you're sharing it because you want to engage people on social media. And so it's fair game. So yes, I'm seeing that, but, uh, I I think like everyone, everyone's doing that. Yeah, man. It's like such a, it's such a tough place to be as an organization too. Like it just, yeah, uh, it it just sucks. (laughs) Yeah, It just sucks. Like if people don't, if people don't want news in that respect anymore, like and then you go and try to diversify your portfolio, say with like that type of content. Like, what what are you then? Are you a news? Are you a news thing, or are you like an entertaining thing? And if the entertaining thing is really bringing a lot of money to your thing, then why would you focus on the news thing? But if we don't I have think, that many news things, you know, like over time, sorry, yeah. Think about the the word social media. I think they're just playing into that, and so I think that that's their way of having a happy balance. So it's not just all doom and gloom. It's like, oh, here's a cute video Mm. of a polar bear at a zoo that is, you know, (laughs) on the other side of the country. But, you know, people, people still like it. People still comment and they're still getting clicks. Yeah. So. I think there's another thing too. Like when I say when I'm, if I do switch on like a, like a new, uh, um, channel for example i think it's i don't know what it is but and i'm curious to hear your thoughts a lot of these outlets also have a lot of opinions too right which is fine like they have people that convey opinions um but it seems like the the line between opinion and news has become really blurred like say i i want to view a um a news thing a news site or a news channel i don't know if i'm watching a person sharing their opinion about a news or if i'm watching a person that's just telling me the news and it seems like anytime i flip something on it's always opinion it's just opinion 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 um do you think do you think there should be a clearer um differentiation between folks that share opinions versus news and have you seen that sort of merge over time i'm curious to hear your thoughts about that because i i feel like it has emerged i feel like i just can't find news outside of going to like very specific people it's just kind of like opinion and news has sort of turned into one thing i i would ask are you watching because i don't think like at least the local news that i've experienced and worked for like it's pretty straightforward, you know, like, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll ask the people that we interview what, what side they're on. I mean, it could be like a control controversial story where there are opinions, but you know, most local news is pretty cut and dry, straightforward. Yeah. Here's the facts. There was a fire today. You know, this apartment building was destroyed. There was a car crash today. It backed up traffic to, yeah. people sent to the hospital. So I guess I'm I'm wondering. I'm talking specifically like your uh, cable national news, CNN, oh, like, Fox, so, MSNBC, yeah, those guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why people. I think that I think you share that sentiment with a lot of people, and and that's why people are sick of it. 
because yeah. it is a lot of opinion. And like I said, when I, when I commented about that in my video, so many people were like, it seems like people in the news are only giving their opinions. Mm. Um, so I think they share that, that same feeling that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think either they should be more clear about it or I'm not sure why they're doing that because that kind of goes against the whole idea of being impar impartial. Right. Right. And, and I think that's why they're like going back to that mistrust question. Like if I, if I were to share my opinion, like, I think that's why it's mm -hmm. exactly, I think that's exactly why it's because the, the, you have folks, my opinion, like anybody in the comments, feel free to lynch me. I don't care. You know, it's like, there is a lot of, um, like, I feel like the journalistic integrity of a lot of networks has gone out the window especially on the national scale because they're transitioning what it seems like out of a model that uh, is incentivizing views at all costs yeah. and uh, uh, clicks at all costs and if they uh, do it in the guise of opinion then they can get away with saying whatever they want because they can come back and say well that was our opinion we're not it's not a new it wasn't a news channel it was right. an opinions channel rachel right. maddow tucker carlson whoever just name whoever you want right <laughs> so it's but i feel like but but that's a sad thing because now i'm as i'm talking i'm like okay well why like i haven't turned on the local news once and that is the thing from your description that's the thing <laughs> that's actually going to be the least partial and totally. honestly the one that's going to be most relevant to me because i yeah. live here like, exactly what do i care what any of these national network news are telling me why aren't i watching the local news you know I, but if i were you i'd pick local and i think yeah. you would experience a much different you know type of delivery and content yeah. i have you're no saying yeah, no but interest you're... in watching like mainstream media like i yeah. said i like some of the like the deep dives that they do on youtube but yeah uh-uh like I don't yeah. actually really watch much TV in general, but especially I'm not, I don't, yeah, I just, that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. And I wonder how many people in like, say our generation, like, like I have to keep reminding myself that local and national news are two different monsters. It's two different totally. beasts, you know, but I don't yeah. think about that. I don't think, I just think news it's on TV or news, you know, oh, CNN, whatever. It's just news and everything's like this, but it's really not. So, and then when you were talking about sort of the local news w was trying to adjust to this changing landscape, or was there, I don't know if you can talk about this, was there a noted, and I think you may have mentioned this earlier, and I apologize if I missed it, was there a noted reduction in how many people were viewing those local news over time? Was it an obvious, like, like did you know, or oh. did you have any data around that? So... Funny enough, like uh, some stations, so you're talking about like the, the ratings, like the, the Nielsen, yeah. like sweeps oh. ratings, how many households are watching, like- Are less people watching numbers? local news, basically? Oh, I would guess so. Um, most stations that I've worked for didn't really like to show us the books. Um, some of them did, and we would have like a pizza party and go over the numbers of the, the latest ratings period, but it was mostly to see- how we stack up versus the competition. Mm. But, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, your broadcast is at six and then family feud is on at the same time on another channel, we could see, yeah, are people watching the news or are they watching family feud? 
And so um, I can't speak to it too well because I didn't always get to see the numbers, but yeah, I would say that there's definitely been, I read an article recently that, you know, streaming services have definitely taken a huge chunk out of cable TV watchers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's like obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I would guess, yeah, that it, that it's going down. I'm just guessing like, is there a way for us to like find out I'm just thinking out loud, what percentage of the viewership that's going away from say, we know national news 100% has been taking a gigantic dive, at least some networks, most if not all networks have over time, especially for the last 10 years, call it. And then we think that might be happening to local news as well. But I wonder that, so say it's gone down 50%. Is that 50% now sort of like spread out across a bunch of different individual news sources? Or is it 30% of that 50% that has gone to individual news sources and then 20% like, I quit, I'm just done. I just know more. I just want TikTok and Twitter, doom scroll. I don't really care. I'm, I've moved yeah. on. Like, I wonder what that, bre- I don't know if, the, if you have any sort of sense of what that breakout could be. But like, I think about that a lot because I have a, I always think about like how much, like last time when you and I spoke, we talked about people following their passion, people having the time to follow their passion. But there's one yeah. one trend that I'm finding is that people have less and less time to really do that. It seems like yeah. because of, I don't know, just the kind of world we live in or people are just afraid to take risks to step out of it. And I wonder how many of those people that are in those situations um, just aren't able to seek out the news because they just have something they're dealing with a really crappy job that they hate they go home exhausted they just want to switch off and they just go on twitter or youtube or whatever or they watch netflix until they fall asleep like i wonder if i wonder how much of the lessening news viewership is a symptom of people literally not having the mental bandwidth like you said yes of like i just don't want the sadness anymore or the news because i literally can't handle it but i don't know if that's a symptom of the news it, it might be a symptom of everything else that's going on in their life i How think, do you think that about it's a that? symptom i think that um a lot of people don't have the mental bandwidth for a lot of things because of the constant distraction um, really, I feel like our attention spans have decreased, uh, maybe not everyone. And if you're not in that, you know, crowd, good for you. But I think like, even, even my parents, you know, who are like in their sixties, like they're, you know, I can, I can see a difference, you know, they're like on their phone more. And mm-hmm. so I think that what you're finding is that people are staying informed, but they're staying informed by scrolling on Facebook or Twitter and getting a bite size of whatever the headline is. They read the headline, they know the story. You see a lot of that, like people that are like, oh, I, I know what happened today, but they're they're not taking the time to click on the article. Mm. So I feel like I feel like I'm seeing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you would agree, but I mean that's you know, like think about how many things you can, you know, learn about or become aware of just by scrolling on Twitter, like in just little bite-sized chunks, but like, you're like, oh, wow. Like I'm, I'm all these different topics that if, if I were to just sit and read one article, like, yeah, you know, so, but yeah, I think, I think part of it too, is that people don't have the bandwidth to, they don't want to hear the sad stories. I mean, I'm telling you, like, so many people tell me that they don't watch news. 
so many people. And I know because like, I'll try to, I, you know, part of my job was to ask strangers all the time, you know, either door knocking or going and pulling up to a random grocery store parking lot, breaking out the camera, holding the mic, Hey, you know, as you're (laughs) unloading your groceries into your car, (laughs) can I talk to you really quickly? Oh man. Farzad, I hated that part. Like (laughs) I was pretty good at it. We call it MOS. It's like man on the street interviews. So I I called myself like the queen of MOS, but like some days, like some days I would get shut down by like 15 people. And I'm like, dude, this is like draining. It's uncomfortable. Like, oh man. I was like, I'm not even like selling anything to you, but I felt like I was, but those, those are tough, but why, yeah. why do you think you were getting shut down? Did they tell you why? Um, you know, some days, like, if it was a really easy topic, you know, like, there was this, like, whale sculpture that was put, you know, in downtown, and a lot of people thought it was hideous. So that was, mm. like, a really easy one to be like, what do you think of the whale? What do you think of the whale? That was, like, one of the easiest days that I had just trying to get like man on the street reactions. Mm -hmm. But if you would do something else that was a little bit more controversial or, you know, like the abortion stuff or, you know, I don't know, getting raises for teachers, you know, it's like, oh yes, I have an opinion, but I don't really want to go on camera. A lot of people, they don't want to go on camera. They don't want to be on the news. Oh, I'm shy. Oh, you know, whatever. So I think I would just get shut down for various reasons, really. Did that happen Um, more towards the latter part of your career or was it pretty consistent through the eight years? Like what percentage of people would shut you down on controversial topics? I think it's gotten worse. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So more people are hesitant to or more shy to go on camera and state their opinion on a, something that might be controversial. Oh, yeah. okay. Like some of them like would just wave their hand at me before I even said it. <laughs> like, no. You're just like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, mm. this rejection really is motivating. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, but you know. I wonder, so I wonder how much of that is Man, like, so th- my brain like goes to like a couple different places here, but you know, there's been this agree or disagree, you let me know, but there has been, in my opinion, in the last say five to 10 years, especially this whole cancel, cancel culture movement, you know, like this whole oh, thing yeah. where if you say an opinion that's uh, potentially controversial, you will have a mob of people who's likely to be yeah. uh, extreme minority with a very large megaphone is going to come in and be like, how, why did, why did you say that? But you were wrong, you know, without, without understanding that, Hey, there's a lot of nuance here. It's just an opinion. Right. And I feel like that corner of the of the world has gotten much much louder which has discouraged people to speak their mind as freely as they used to out of fear of being retaliated against what do you think that's a accurate statement that could be causing that decline i'm just thinking out loud i'm just curious to see if that sort of like resonates with you in any way uh yeah i think for some people especially because you know it's not just going to be on tv where most people won't rewind but like most of our stories go on the internet you know i mean actually all of our stories go on the internet but like you know some some stations like are really big on youtube and so like more more eyes are going to see it and 
Um, but I think too, like a lot of people just don't like the camera, like mm. straight up, like even when the camera wasn't on and it, like, I'm carrying it like on my side and my tripod and it's clear that like, I'm not shooting anyone. They're like, yeah. Oh my God, like, don't get me. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even have it on dude. Like, yeah. So yeah. people don't like the camera. No. Yeah. No, but yeah. That makes sense. No, I was thinking the the funniest, and this just like got me so annoyed whenever people would ask me. I don't know why. Um, but like I would show up to a story with like, you know, think about my camera, it's like a big camera, like ten thousand dollar camera. And they're like, yeah. Are you with the paper? I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> I, I, paper? I don't know. Maybe that was like me, maybe I was being overreacting or whatever but i was just like how do you think i'm with the paper or like or like i would call them and i'd say what station i'm with and then i would show up to the interview and they're like oh my god you want this on camera oh, oh i wasn't mentally prepared for this and i'm like but i told you who i work for. i don't know yeah yeah that's funny that's it funny was, it was kind of yeah. funny <laughs> I mean, I could, to I totally get it. I mean, even like, even with this YouTube thing, like for me, like I, this camera is still weird. Like looking at yeah. the fact that I have to look at it for people to think that I'm looking at you yeah. and them while you're right here, like you're right, right here, but I'm looking here so that yeah. I can talk to you. What right. the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is. It's so trippy. It is it's weird. so weird. And then just yeah. just like the concept of like having like f being vulnerable in front of something and to like, you yeah, know, like, like speak your mind. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't even like you can't you have to like look at the camera. You have to have your microphone right here. You know, like it, I'm like, yeah, picture being like ready to go live, you know, 30 seconds and all of a sudden you're like out at the Capitol or something. And this group of like teenagers comes up oh to like stare at you while you're about to go live and you've practiced your thing like 10 to 15 times and then 15 seconds. And then you're like, what if I blank or, you know, <laughs> what if I, what if I, and you start to doubt yourself? Like I, I would go through that and then I'm like, dude, no, you've been doing this for eight years. You'll be fine. And I, I was fine, but it was like, kind of uncomfortable because i'm like oh man like these kids are watching me they're they're taking pictures of oh, the news is here you know like <laughs> it's just it's like a lot of pressure so yeah being yeah. live is a whole different ball I game can't even imagine do you ever see those um those blooper reels on youtube of like oh, yeah. reporters oh my god oh yeah uh, oh yeah do you ever fear that you were gonna make it onto one <laughs> i made it onto one about eating like spicy foods okay um, but, and I think I made it onto another one when a llama spit on me, but oh, that wasn't actually live, but it was so funny that I posted it. Like <laughs> I just, it was hilarious. Like I, these llamas like showed up in this lady's yard. No one would claim these llamas. The city was like, you're in an unincorporated area. So we're not going to do anything with the llamas. So it was like, kind of a very small town news story, but it was quite entertaining. Yes. No one would claim the llama. So I did what's called a stand-up where I recorded myself and I just like went straight up to the llamas, which most people probably wouldn't do. Yeah. And like mid take, you know, the llama like spits on me. Oh, and I was like, man. that is so funny. And I uploaded it to my social media. And I remember my news director at the time, she was like, 
I can't, I wouldn't do that if I were you, like, you're going to, you're going to be on the, and I'm like, I want to be on the internet. (laughs) I want someone to pick this up and make it viral. Cause like, I was like, it's not like I, you know, it's just a funny animal video. Like, yeah. So anyway, this wasn't, this wasn't Utah. No, this was in Oregon. Okay. But I just remember like random llamas. She was so like, not in approval of me sharing it like <laughs> and i'm like dude people love news bloopers people yeah. love them yes like yeah there was one night where i literally i i was binge watching like i literally i remember vividly it was we had a, my wife and i had a long day and my wife plays video games so she was in her office playing video games and i you know had a glass of whiskey and i'm like what's on youtube today and i saw news bloopers 30 minutes long I'm like, yes, yeah. I click on it. And I'm just like literally getting drunk watching whiskey and just yeah. freaking like, what's next? Oh, another 30 minute news yes. bloopers video. Yes. <laughs> and I did oh. that for like two hours. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was so sad. It was oh, the yeah. worst. I'm like, man, no. if somebody watched me do this, they'll be like, "Why wow, this guy has the saddest freaking life ever. But I, I, I had a blast. It was funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it is fun. It is yeah. funny. And yeah. I mean, as long as like it's not too terrible no it's just like very like uh like benign you know funny stuff but um along those lines what would you say what's what was the hardest thing man yeah i'll ask the question what was the hardest thing about being a journalist um on a not so deep level like meeting the deadline so you know we go into the morning meeting, we pitch story ideas, and sometimes you make calls for hours and no one get ba- gets back to you. And it's understandable because usually we're doing things the same day, it's a day turn. And so people are busy, they're at work, you know, you're like this reporter trying to get a hold of them. So like meeting the deadline when things weren't panning out or maybe your story falls through and you have to find another story midday, those were like logistical, you know, hardships, but, then like the obvious one is the emotional toll that it it takes on you when, when it's like, okay, you know, um, these teenagers were killed out uh, or killed in a shootout in front of the school, reach out to the mom. My God. And you know, what's crazy. Most of the family members would talk to you. And I think like for some, like, they wanted to just share about their child and, and have someone care and have that memory live on and just like get that out there. But, uh, that, you know, like I'm not a robot. I'm not like, Oh, got that one in the bag. I'm like, man, that's tragic. Or having to like show up to a scene where someone just died. Like maybe they're still there laying in the street and you're just like, this is real. Like this is real life. You know, like I, I had a couple times in my career where I was like trying not to cry, you know, about to like talk about whatever it was that I was covering. And and I get it. You sign up for that. And it really gives me a lot of respect for people that are like paramedics or people that are, you know, tow truck drivers or that see like really gnarly, like have to physically handle really horrible things. But it's I don't want to minimize, you know, what we go through to talk to those family members, um, or, you know, people close to those tragedies. So those were, those were the hardest things I think. And like, you'll never forget them. You'll never forget those saddest stories that you covered. 
can't even imagine. Did, did those, like the thing that went through my mind is as you went through all those experiences, did you, I'm assuming you probably had a little bit more closeness to humanity in some way, the, the dark oh, yeah. sides and the bright sides as well. Yeah. Did, totally. Are you overall a more optimistic or pessimistic person after going through that ex those experiences? Well, for sure, I'm more careful, careful person okay. um, because, you know, like even seeing like seatbelt safety, I mean, my goodness, you know, when you, when you see enough people that were ejected when they got in a car crash, cause they weren't wearing a seatbelt, it's like, or you see enough people that died because they were trying to pass someone to save how much time, I don't know, like definitely made me more careful and like, wow. Um, but I, I'm, I am still a pretty optimistic person um yeah i i think you know there's a lot of sad stuff but um there's also a lot of good people that like really step in in those times of need yeah so there's totally like yeah faith restored in humanity but um i don't know it's just like even that that mass shooting in Texas, I was just like, man, I just yeah. feel so bad for everyone in that situation. And I'm sure it was hard on those journalists that had to be there, you know, for hours standing outside of the school, you know, but it's just, yeah. yeah. Did I tell like, you about running into the, the dead body investigation on my bike ride? Like my first day out of news. You told me briefly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, just, yeah. It was just a weird sign from the universe because I'm, I, you know, obviously I, I quit my job in news and it was like my first Monday as a YouTuber and I'm like yeah. on a bike ride on my lunch break and I run into crime scene tape and, you know, I guess they found a dead body and there yeah. was a, a news photographer there and I was like, wow, I don't have to stay here. Like, I don't yeah. have to stay here for hours. <laughs> wait for law enforcement to like finally come over to me and be like, yep, here's what we know, you know, investigation's still ongoing, you know, it's hot, it's whatever. It's like, all right, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, this guy, he was like, I'm so jealous. I'm like, well, you know. Yeah. So now you're day four of, of that uh, yeah. newfound, I guess, Freedom. freedom to do whatever you want freedom walk walk me through it how do you feel so what what are what are, what are the sort of feelings has it changed day to day or is it like sort of like walk me through it because it must feel pretty pretty wicked oh, pretty weird it just feels so nice to have the flexibility and yeah i just i feel this like huge weight like lifted off my shoulders and mm. so much less stress and and just like genuinely excited to make content for the channel um you know, I, I made like a, actually I'm making a video about why I left news. Cause I think some people find that stuff interesting. Why anyone leaves their job after almost a decade. And yeah. so, you know, I decided to like hike to a hot spring and kind of make it more visual than just here. <laughs> so you can't see behind me, I guess, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really freeing. Um, and I like, people are like, how's not working? And I'm like, you guys, I'm still working. Like yeah. I even had like a new brand sponsorship come in. I'm like, I'm still nice. working. Like, but it's just not, you know, it's yeah. It's weird being self-employed. It's still very new. It's yeah. certainly, it hasn't uh, sunk in yet. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, when I did it, I mean, we talked about it briefly, you and I, when we were sort of wrapping up our early conversation, but the, 
the the roller coaster ride that what that entails is so odd and being a being somebody who is now in charge of their own time fully is yeah. a really strange feeling um yeah. it's a really strange feeling i know for me i don't remember if i told you but by week five like I t my, week five i started losing my mind completely <laughs> utterly losing my mind because i was so used to living in an environment where just to give a little bit of background so i've graduated college 2009 and since since then i, I was working at in, in a and jobs that required a lot of sort of very active jobs. So I would constantly have to be working the job and constantly thinking about problem solving and so on and so forth. But I found it really um, addicting in a way because it was very stimulating, super, super yeah. stimulating. And Tesla took it to another level because it's that's, that's like crazy speed and whatever. Yeah. But after 10 years of basically 11 years, really close to doing that and then f turning off the switch and then sitting idle, like I remember the first two to three weeks were were nice. I was like, wow, yeah. oh my God, I can just get up whenever I want and I don't have to like check my email, what? You know, it's yeah. like the craziest feeling ever. It was incredible. And then I remember about week five, something, and I don't know if it, this is a person to person thing because I'm very interested about how people go through those journeys because I'm, I'm trying to like see, okay, that happened to you. That's very fascinating. This is what happened to me. I just remember I started completely losing my mind and it gave me an opportunity to discover more about myself. I was like, okay, got it. So I'm a person who literally is incapable of standing still because yeah. half of my thought process of leaving like the workforce and going on my own is like okay so wife and i are super fortunate to where we are financially we're independent we can do whatever we want i'm like i'm gonna travel for freaking four years i'm gonna be chilling on the beach you know what i'm saying just not gonna be doing nothing and then by week five i'm like i need something to do right now like i need yeah. something to do right now um and i'm curious to see how that morphs for you over time too because it's yeah. like and like, I'm, I'm very interested to, to see your journey pan out because I think, and we talked about this before, and I would love to talk more about it here, but like there's that movement of people that are really getting after, we need to follow our passions after COVID, you know? Totally. Can you talk about why you left? Like, do you want to say, if you want to say it for the video, I completely understand, but could you yeah. talk about why yeah. you left? Yeah. yeah. Um, there were... I would say that there were like three things that happened at the same time. Like my satisfaction with news started to go down. Um, I was the main anchor at my last station, which was a much smaller city. I moved here to a big city, but I was like a smaller fish again, which was fine, but it was more of a grind. It wasn't like being the main anchor. You know, I still had the same problems with the industry you know, it was nothing. My, I had a good station, but it was like, I've been in the industry for over eight years. So all of those glaring issues that I was talking about, you know, were still there. And at the same time that that was going down, my channel was going up and, you know, this channel was just growing like crazy. And, you know, like it went from nothing to over 42,000 subscribers in just about a year. So it's awesome. That was like, okay, it's starting to make me money this is more fulfilling. And, um, and then at the third time or the third, the third thing is that, you know, I had saved some money and I had some, you know, people supporters of the channel that wanted to help me even further and kind of donate to the cause of me going full time. And it, 
it just dawned on me. I'm like, I just turned 30. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm not saying I don't want those things, but this is like a window of opportunity where all of these things are, you know, kind of lining up to scream at me to like, try this out because we all know that, you know, the fallback is just get a job. And I I don't think that it will be that hard, especially with the mass exodus that I've personally seen of people in news, or even if I don't want to go back to news, you know, do something in PR. I mean, I have skills, so I don't think that there's ever like this fear of becoming homeless. Right. Um, you know, my parents so that I could always come back and live with them. There's, there's other opportunities, but I was just like, I'll be okay. And and this sounds exciting. And I think that, that, you know, fortune favors the bold and life is about like taking those risks. And, and I think also like I went to, yeah, when I met you in April at the cyber rodeo Tesla con thing, I was like, all right, universe, tell me if I should quit my job. <laughs> and like all these people recognize me you know, in Austin, like in my channel is like mainly SpaceX. So it's like weird to have all these Tesla people like know who I am. And I'm out there like autographing Teslas. And I'm just like, man, dude, like, you know, like I have like a footprint and I just want to make this footprint bigger. And I even told my boss, I said, look, if I didn't have the channel, I'd probably be trying to make it to the anchor desk. Mm. But now that I see something that's not sad and yes, like I still need to grow it for revenue and whatever, but I think that just comes with time and consistency, you know? And so it was just like, and, and since I've made the decision, like people have been really supportive and they're like, dude, that's inspiring. That's inspiring. And it's like, well, you know, I'm sure you have your own scenario where you could do something similar, but I get yeah. the fear. I was totally afraid, totally afraid. Like I thought about it for like, oh, at least like four or five months before yeah. I was like, all right, I just need to do it. I just yeah. need to do it. I just need to have. And I think one of the things that was holding me back was having that conversation with my boss. And I was like, if that's holding you back, like, girl, you're holding yourself back because if you're actually not worried about the channel success and those aren't your like concerns, you're just worried about this like awkward conversation, like, come on, rip the bandaid, like have the conversation. Yeah. Cause and like, I've also thought of like this new rule that I don't know, it, it makes sense to me is like, if you get really worried about something, you're anxious about something in the present, just think like, am I going to be worried about this in a year from now? <laughs> like whatever that is, you know, cause like I, I had to like pay a settlement for example, to, to get out of my contract. Mm. Um, and there were people that said that I shouldn't have paid it and I should have just tried to, you know, walk away. And I'm like, I don't want to play that game, but, but mm. I'm like, am I really going to be worried about this amount of money in a year from now? Probably not, you know? Right. And so, yeah, it was a big decision, but I've seen a ton of people leave news, like people in their dream markets, like big cities like Phoenix and Seattle, like from the outside, it it would appear that they've made it. They have it all. And then they leave. And I don't know everyone's situation or why, but, you know, news is losing a lot of people. And it's kind of a trend that you can't ignore. 
it's so many industries, you know, it's there's so, so many industries. And it's like part of me wonders, I've asked a few people this, but did COVID give you any sort of time to reflect about what you'd really wanted to do? Um, Does that apply to you at all? I never like worked from home or really had that separation. So I wouldn't say that. I would say that seeing other people reflect made me reflect. Mm. Yeah. Like seeing other people quit and just like, yeah, I think it's like for the people that have said that I inspired them, like, who knows, maybe they're going to like quit now. You know, yeah. like, I think, I think it's just kind of like this domino effect, you know, of when you see other people leave what seems to be great on the outside. And I think like you're finding a lot of people that would rather have um, quality of life than money. Yeah. Like working for a good place with good people is more important than making more money. Yeah. There's, there's so many different facts. It's so wild. It really is so wild because there's, man, it, it, it really is. Like, I wonder what percentage of the population that's working a job today that say is looks extremely rewarding from the outside is not fulfilling for that person. But then they feel like they they feel bad for not feeling fulfilled because so many people will want to be in their position. And that's why they stay the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder what percentage of those people were, because I'll be completely honest, like the 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 last six months of my career. was I spent a lot of that time, I was grappling with that. I'm like, okay, I work for this incredible company. Um, it's It's been very fruitful. I'm working with incredible people. There's so many good things going with it, but, I, but at the same time, I'm like, man, but but like there's there's a bigger calling here. Like, I, I, I don't know, like, it, I don't know if it was, a, it was a thing where maybe my time was up mentally and I just wanted to, my mind shifted to something else, to making more impact somehow, but I had no idea what it was. And, and, that, and that was really messing with me because I'm like, man, I love it here, but like, I feel like I should be doing something else. I feel like I should be setting, stepping aside, allowing all the people that, that really want that job to take it. And then yeah. I go do the thing that I'm meant to do. But the thing that was fucking with me completely, honestly, it was fucking with me so badly was that I didn't know what that was. Yeah. I didn't know what, which was making it even harder to make right. the jump. You know, and I think the thing that I was super lucky to have was to have, um, cause I, I remember this was like, I it was like four months before I actually gave my notice. I go to my wife, I'm like, babe, listen, like, I, I feel like, like we were having really good, but I feel like we should take some time and just travel the world and see what's in store for us. And like, I was fully expecting her to say, uh, that's crazy. We're going to start a family soon. We just moved down here to Austin. Just keep going at it. I'm sure the path will show itself. And then she was like, no, that's a great idea. Do it. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm looking for like uh, somebody to like talk me down from this. What are you doing? She's like, no, that's a great idea. Take the risk. And she said exactly what you said. She's like, what? Are are you afraid that you're never going to be able to find the job again if this whole thing fails? Right. Like, no, I guess not. She's like, okay, then what are you afraid of? I'm like, huh? And so like that forced me to really 
deep down, like, like do a lot of checks within myself as a person, but okay, so who are you really? Like, yeah. are you gonna like, are you are you just a person who works for Tesla and Elon Musk? Or are you Farza, the individual who has bigger passions and has more to his life than just working for an incredible company? It was like yeah. a very, like, almost spiritual, like journey that I have to take to like, figure out who the fuck I am. Right. But what's crazy is that this luxury that I have is I feel like is so freaking unique. And I and I am like trying to figure out how can more people have this? How right. can more people have this sort of journey? that, you know, I think the both of us are kind of, kind of going through to try to figure out like, or at least we know where we want to go and we're taking the risk to go after it, you know? Right. It was messed up, man. That, that was a weird four to six months where I I, I, had, I chose to leave the company. And I don't know if, if yours was as as difficult, but mine was fucking hard. I, I mean, think it, yeah. like the pain of indecision, like once you make a decision, even if it's a hard one, like there's so much relief. When you're back and yeah. forth and doing these mental gymnastics, it's draining. Yeah. It, I totally understand. It's like, you know, you, you want to make this move, but it's like, well, what's on the other side? Should I, should I not? Should I, should I not? And just like doing that dance for so long. Yeah. Indecision is like painful. Yeah. It, it, it's better to, to, to just decide. <laughs> Yeah, You know, like one way or the other, like, even if, you know, it's like, like, I think, you know, should I break up with this person? is like a really good example, right? Like mm -hmm. going through that back and forth in your mind, like once you make that decision, even if it's like sad and traumatic and heartbreaking, it's like, at least I, at least I can like move on from this. Cause I'm not, if, what if anymore, Yeah, you know? So, yeah, that's so true. It's good that you made the decision. It's good that we both did. Yeah. And, and I, man, dude, like life is about taking risks. And it is like you can say that it's one thing to talk the talk. It's another thing to walk the walk. Yeah. And I think that for me, I mean, I have a completely different situation than you because, you know, obviously I wasn't working at Tesla, <laughs> but like for me, like it was just like timing and circumstance and honestly a little bit of luck and, and support that made this possible. Had yeah. I not had that, I don't think this would be possible, but I'm like, well, now that I have that, I don't want to waste it. Yeah. So. What, what, what percentage of that equation would you say is the fact that you're confident in yourself, that you will be, the, you, you will be able to figure it out either if it's successful or unsuccessful, that you'll be able to figure out what percentage of that equation is that confidence? Um, I think a lot, maybe it's mm -hmm. a little too much. <laughs> okay. Is there such a thing as too much? I, I just think I look at the evidence, which is the growth and the trajectory and, and the things that people tell me that, oh my gosh, it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. And you know, it hasn't quite blown up yet, but I'm like, I'm going to take it seriously as I have been, I have skills and yeah, I think it's, I, I haven't been too worried about it completely failing. And also like, dude, you should fail. Like look yes. at Elon and his companies, like, don't be afraid of failure. That's like a rookie move, you know?
Yeah. <laughs> Does he play any role? Like, obviously, because your ch your channel is, yeah. you know, space centric. Does Elon Musk play any role as a role model at all for for any of the things that you're looking to achieve? Yeah. Yeah. I think because I had just finished reading Liftoff like about a month and a half or two months before I was like, yeah, I'm quitting. And I mm. think reading Liftoff and, you know, <laughs> how how close SpaceX was to absolutely failing. I was like but they didn't stop. Like they kept going. They yeah. kept going even when people were laughing at them, even when they were losing money, even then, like when they didn't even know if it was going to work. Like, dude, like, I don't know if you've read that, but it's incredible. I don't think I did. Oh yeah. my goodness. It's I read his autobiography by, I forget who it was, but that was the only one I read. Would you recommend it? Oh yes. Eric okay. Berger wrote uh lift off the, desperate early days of spacex and let me tell you they were desperate that's <laughs> surprised but i'm just like dude like they made it you know so like yeah sure like i i have had some videos where i put a lot of you know one thing i've noticed which is so weird i've, I've had two videos now where i've actually spent like a good amount of money to have someone like professionally you know shoot the video for me and like mm -hmm. be my photographer both of those videos sucked, dude. Oh, they no. tanked. <laughs> they tanked. I'm like, dude, I put like all this effort and like high quality. No one cares. Yeah. Maybe it's just like random or topic. I don't know. Maybe it's not, but I'm like, all right, here's a video that I shot on my cell phone and it has almost 600,000 views. <laughs> Yet these videos where I'm spending like hundreds of dollars to have someone help me make it look professional yeah. and no one gives... Yeah. No one cares. I'm like, well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get burned again. <laughs> you know, so I don't know, dude. I mean, I think it's a reinforcement that says content is king. I think yeah. I think that's what it really comes down to. It's just like people and that's why like I'd love to pick your brain on this too, because as a YouTuber too, like I find myself in this trap. It's like, okay, cool. So I, I spent X amount of dollars on this studio, you know, which my wife helped me put together and I think she did a phenomenal job. You know, yes. I think she, she did a really, really good job, the lighting and the camera and everything. So great, cool. That's great. And I'm like focusing on freaking titles. I'm focusing on thumbnails. I'm like constantly focusing, but like I have to constantly remind myself, it's like, okay, like what's really important here? Like if somebody clicks on your stuff and then it's shit, like are they, why would they ever come back? Right. Like the ultimate thing here is that your content has to be great. Like it has right. to be super, super good. It has to be helpful and people are going to have to look for it. And I feel like I constantly have to rewire my brain because I'm in the stupid analytics. Yeah. Oh my God, what's the click through rate? What's the engagement? Yeah. You know, and I constantly have to tell myself, stop, just stop, just make good stuff. Do you have right. to, do you like fight with that at all? Like how, how do you, what's that like for you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, one of the things that I struggle with the most is audience retention. Mm. And I mean, yeah, keep creating content and it gets better over time. And I do think that there's been like an evolution in my YouTube style because my YouTube style is different from my news person style, like yeah. for my job, I be more creatively expressive on YouTube. But um, I think the metrics are helpful, but yeah, ultimately, I mean, Mr. Beast, who's like the most successful YouTuber, just says, create better content. Yeah, that's it. So I mean, I know. think his stuff too benefits from like the fact that he can just come up with an insane idea 
and then like the idea itself is like so ridiculous yeah. Now, like real life squid games yeah, yeah. that sounds amazing right right <laughs> like why wouldn't i watch that you know i donate right. 10,000 yeah. cars to 10,000 people or whatever right. you know it's but yeah think about the budget that he's been able oh, to crazy. build up to do that you know like so it is kind of hard for joe schmo to emulate yeah. that but yeah like just making the best content and for me personally i think one of the best strategies is to go to places in person it's why i'm going to texas next week mm. because people appreciate it when i take them to starbase you know yeah so when when you're looking to make content are you like do you have certain types of ideas that you want to bring to life or are you more like monitoring what's going on like how how do you both. think about both okay both okay. so like i'll have you know a person that i want to interview like for example i have an interview set up with tim dodd next month and he's everyday astronaut he's, yeah, he's this, a monster he's beloved youtuber oh my gosh it's going to be amazing but then i have you know maybe there's something in the news cycle that i want to make a video that's kind of short form and more urgent i'm not going to make it in a month from now so i i kind of do both like i'm like oh, what's more of like an evergreen video that you can release at any time versus what do you need to prioritize editing tonight to get it out tomorrow? Yeah. But I'm always trying to think of story ideas and I, I have a running list and some of them require that travel. And so, mm -hmm. but to me, that's the best kind, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you're, you're like interacting with people in person. The one thing that I find difficult with the channel is that i'm i'm naturally gravitating more to these podcast style content because ultimately that's i i've made a decision that says i'm not doing anything unless i enjoy it like i'm yeah. not going to create something for somebody else i'm going to do it for me okay right, right or wrong i'm going to do that and i'm finding that these conversations are the most stimulating for me because i get the most joy out of it because i get to see, like see how other people think about certain things and i get to ask them questions i get to learn you know and i and i make it public for everyone else to hopefully grab some some things from that conversation for themselves that can help them with whatever they're doing yes. right so but i find it i find it harder as i get deeper into it because like for example this conversation like i would say is going really really well but i feel like if it was in person it, it would flow even better because i feel like we can riff off each other a little bit better yeah. like i feel like i sometimes have to wait for half a second and see if you're going to answer a question yeah. or like i'm not really sure if you're done because yeah. i'm not looking at you i'm looking at the freaking camera so i yeah. can't read your body it's like it's it's disastrous almost you know what i'm yeah. saying so it's like yeah. i'm almost wondering if that, I've been trying to figure that out. Like, should I start doing these podcasts in person? Because there are quite a few folks around Austin that are part yeah. of the community. Like, <clears> should I just turn this freaking guest room into a podcast room and just have people over? You know, we'll have why a couple not? drinks. You know, why not, right? Why, why not? not? Totally. I mean, I saw Dave Lee. He rented out a studio in Austin. Yeah. And interviewed. Is it Jason? How do you say his last name? James Dalma, Dalma I think. Dalma. Yeah. James Dalma. Yes. Um, but you know, he did that in person and I think he even asked his viewers, Hey, do you guys like this format better? So yeah, yeah I think that there's a lot to be said for being in person. Um, it's more organic, you know? Yeah, totally. It, it just gets, it just like, like, I feel like you're looking at me, but apparently you're not. <laughs> I'm totally not like I've looked at you for a total of like two seconds and it's, I think it's probably my, I could probably make my setup better. I just, I just know that. 
if I don't look at the camera, like I, I feel, I don't know, maybe I should just, maybe I should just do this. Like, does that look weird? But yeah. it looks weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't do that. You know no. what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's a bad thing. So it's like, yeah, man. What's the, um, what's the hardest thing about YouTube for you? Uh, I think just understanding what the algorithm wants and also how hit or miss the revenue is very mm. hit or miss. So you have to build up that Patreon, mm -hmm. you know, li limiting factor. He, he was also at Tesla con Tesla mm -hmm. con. Um, he has a huge Patreon and he's like, he told me that 80% of his revenue is from Patreon. Mm. So he doesn't really care about the YouTube re revenue that much. So mm -hmm. I think that that is a little bit of a struggle, but like I said, you know, the more that the more exposure the channel gets, the more people network, um, you know, like a brand might reach out to me and say, Hey, Ellie, would you sponsor us on your channel? Yes, I would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, like even today having the Washington post reach out, I'm like, yeah me are, are you sure you got the right email? <laughs> but yeah you just gotta you just gotta I, dude it's with anything you just have to be consistent like yeah you can't worry so much about it because like if you slow down i think that that's like the mistake that a lot of people make is they just stop making content they get discouraged mm -hmm. and they stop yeah yeah being the consistency is by far the, the most important thing that i found totally. myself it, it's like so important like you got to do at least like I'm somebody that's trying to do at least four videos a week, you know, and, yeah. I, and if there's a week where I miss, I think there was one week where I maybe put three up, yeah. like, you know, I, I don't view, I don't, I don't monitor that stuff too closely, but I do notice like trends. I'm like, huh? Okay. That's interesting. Like YouTube really rewards like consistency yes. and it also likes, um, not so long videos either. It depends. I guess it depends. It likes it depends. like around 10 minutes ish seems yeah. to be the sweet spot. Well, dude, um, I, it's yeah. so hard to know. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard to know. It's a kind of a black box, you yeah. know, and they'll tell you like, well, you know, it's a, uh, it's not really a, um, it, well, people are just going to be watching different things. You know, it's like, well, the, the trends can shift. I'm like, I get it. I get it. But then sometimes like some, it will just like literally go from like this many to this many. I'm like, Okay, mm -hmm. interesting. I don't know what happened. And I, you know, I tell myself, who cares? Like you're doing this for yourself in the end. Like, okay, cool. You're doing yeah. this for yourself. Let it do whatever it does. But at the same time, I'm like, man, but I also I'm like I'm a little competitive. So I'm like, but I'd want yeah. to I want to be good. Like I want to be good yeah. at what I do. You know, like why wouldn't I be doing this unless I wanted to get better at it? Right, I'm like, huh. Right. So how do I get better at it? So it's it's a very interesting dynamic. It's oh, a very yeah. interesting dynamic. I yeah. If, if I had the answers, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out the algorithm, but you know, yeah. consistency and time you'll, yeah. you'll evolve. I mean, you've already evolved, you know, with your channel Yeah, and I'd say it's doing pretty good. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm very happy with it. I, I, what I'm very happy with is that it, there seems to be, there's a lot of positivity around the community yeah. that, that we're building here. And it's like, that's my favorite thing about it, you know, and I'm somebody who reads the comments. Oh, do you read your comments? Are you like oh, somebody? Heck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Generally a good or a bad experience. Oh, good. Um, okay. sometimes, you know, uh, I used to wear like a lot of face makeup for TV, even though I have like pretty fine skin, I'm not wearing any face makeup right now. I'm wearing eye makeup. 
But anyway, people were like, like so many mean comments. Like you look like a clown. Like, why do you wear so much makeup? A six-year-old did your makeup. Did you do your makeup in the dark? And I'm like, geez, I went to Texas like for the first time to see Starbase and I didn't wear hardly any makeup. And everyone's like, we prefer that Ellie. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'll just stop wearing face makeup. And I stopped even wearing it on the news. I was like, dude, I've never done this, but it was honestly like kind of nice because it was really? like, yeah. yeah, now I don't have to spend money on it. I don't have to take it off my face every night. Like this, it's kind of hard to get face makeup off. And I'm like, so anyway, that was like the, the, the most negative comments that I got were about my makeup. But since I don't wear a lot of makeup anymore, they're all pretty supportive. Yeah. Okay. And most people just answer whatever question I ask them in the video. You know, yeah. I got a lot of like really educated, smart people that watch me. So they're more than happy to share their opinion, which is great. Yeah. I always find it fascinating when, when people, um, feel the need to communicate how they feel about the way you look, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like, everybody has a right to their opinion, but I'm like, wow. Okay. Really? Like, Uh, that's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's the thing you're going (laughs) to people, people would like back me up in the comments. They're like, dude, just comment on what the video is about. Like she's yeah. not here doing a makeup tutorial for you, but it is the internet. If you're going to be on the internet, you, you have to have thick skin. Yeah. These people it's... probably wouldn't say these things to you in person. Never. And, you know, even sometimes like I would like kind of, you know, clap back and people would be pretty caught off guard that I was like <laughs> responding to them and like, Hey, <laughs> you hurt my feelings, you know? And they're like, Oh, yeah. I didn't mean it like that. And I'm like, well, what the hell did you mean it as? Yeah. Like uh, people oftentimes forget, even though you're like watching another person, like they forget it's a person, like you're, it's a human being. Like it's somebody that even especially at this level, like you, like we're just like YouTube, random YouTubers that are covering a, a niche subject on the internet. And, uh, like sometimes the, the kind of comments that come through, I'm like, bro, like it's, it's just so interesting. Like I, I don't even get, it used to like make me upset at the beginning where I would get like some sort of comment that was pretty, um, oh, yeah. pretty vicious, you know, but now I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Like, all right, fine. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm like the, the mentality I have is you're probably having a really bad day and something has happened, you know, today that's making you upset. And this right. video for some reason made you more upset. And then you're like, fuck this guy. You know, you yeah. look like whatever, or you you sound stupid or whatever, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's always so interesting. It just removes that sort of layer of, of humanity and personality when you're on the internet, you know? And, I, and yeah. I wonder if there's ways to sort of make that, uh, make that, uh, connection a little bit stronger when that you actually are speaking to another human being, but I don't know how you do that. You know, um, I, th- I think people really appreciate vulnerability and I yeah. think that that's like, kind of becoming, I don't know, trendy is the right word, but like you see more and more people opening up about their personal lives and, oh my gosh, I can relate to you or you're so brave for sharing your story or whatever. But I think that that is a way to humanize yourself. But dude, there's always going to be dicks online. Like there's always going to be assholes. Even if you, yeah, they're just, yeah. So is that something that you're personally trying to do more on your side? Cause that's something that I've been trying to do more is be comfortable being vulnerable. How do you think about that for yourself? Mm, yeah. I think like, I think over time I'm getting more and more 
I mean, even like putting this video out that I'm editing about why I left my job, like that's, that's pretty loud, you know, like I'm about to share that with like 42,000 plus people and, you know, but I think that people will appreciate that. And perhaps I can even reach more people than just space, you know, enthusiasts Mm -hmm. with that story. So Mm -hmm. I kind of like it. Yeah. I, I think it's good, you know, and I, I, I've always considered myself an open book. It's just like, now it'll be online, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but (laughs) there's people that are way more vulnerable than me. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's like certain podcasts out there that like, they're so open. Like people are so, so like, so open to the point I'm like, do you like, like what does is your mom watching this? <laughs> like yeah. what, what, what's your mom gonna think? Right? right? <laughs> totally, know? totally. But yeah. I don't know when I when I get caught up in that, I'm like, you know what? I'm really not that important. You know, like I'm really not. You know, there's all these people in the world, and everyone's the main character in their own story. I'm just like a side role. So <laughs> you know, like like. You know, they might think about it for a little bit. They might comment on it, but then they're going to go back to whatever's in their life. That's so true. You know, that's a really good way of thinking about it. I feel like I should have that mentality more often. Yeah. It's like, I mean, even yesterday I posted a photo of me wearing a bikini top at the hot spring Mm -hmm. and I lost followers. Like I, I noticed immediately that I had lost four followers. Hmm. and I was like getting hung up on it. And then I'm like, dude, who cares? Hmm. Why do you care? You know, I'm like, who cares? Right. Like there are people that post way worse stuff. First of all, second of all, grow up. I'm, I'm at a hot spring. Why is that even bad? I mean, I I think that's that's the weird thing. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not going to know who unfollowed. I'm not going to know why they unfollowed, but for me to like, obsess about it and like you know really get hung up on it and like let it ruin my mood i'm like yeah mm, i don't yeah i was like you need to you need to fix your attitude about this and your mindset um so do you, th- do you think that you have a separate set set of challenges because like i, I you, you tell me how this question sounds but i'm like i'm just gonna ask it because because I like to ask controversial questions sometimes. Do you feel like you have different set of challenges in this space because you are a woman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I don't think people probably comment on your appearance as much as they comment on my appearance, I would mm-hmm. guess. No. Um, but, you know, but that's also what I think makes me stand out is that I'm covering topics that a lot of girls don't usually talk about online. I mean, I don't see a lot of women talking about Starlink and that was what kind of like put me on the scene. And so, you know, I, I think it's a good thing um, to get more. And I think a lot of people have commented on that, but yeah, I think we probably deal with more criticism. It's like you have competing, competing theories, right? Like one of them is like, you know, uh, be confident in your own skin and post whatever you want and own it. And then the other one is like, you have people, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it makes them uncomfortable to see that, or maybe it makes them insecure or they just judge it and they think, Oh my gosh, she's, 
a slut. I don't know. But um, at the end of the day, like you have to just, I mean, it's like Elon and whatever he tweets, he doesn't care. Right. So, you know, we get so hung up on what people think of us. And so I'm trying like more and more to like challenge that within myself. Yeah. And like ask myself why, you know, like yeah. even, even today, here's like a really stupid, good example. My climbing friend who uh, hadn't gotten back to me in a couple days, I was like, is he mad at me? Like, why, <laughs> why isn't he answering me? And then I was like, dude, rationally, why would he be mad at you? Yeah. Nothing happened between you. You know what he told me today? He messaged me on Facebook and he's like, I dropped my phone off a cliff. So I haven't had a phone for like a week. <laughs> and here Would I am. You? I made this whole scenario in my mind that like he, he was mad at me or like something happened. And I was like, but, but how? Like, so we can't, we can't, gosh, man. Yeah. We, we can just like assume what people think of us and that's dangerous too. Cause you don't know. You don't that's know. So true. I mean, uh, I feel like the only way to reach true freedom is to reach that mental state. Yes. It really yes. is. And we, I mean, Oh my God, my wife and I talk about this stuff all the time. Cause she's kind of going through her own journey too. Like, you know, she's like the three of us have this journey going on where we're trying to like, <laughs> discover ourselves and reach our passions and we're extremely lucky to be where we are but yes. like that that state of mind is the pinnacle of someone i feel like uh it's the necessary step for someone to reach the true potential is that you have to have that mindset and yeah. you have to be comfortable with that mindset and you have to achieve that mindset everywhere you go yeah. is that ultimately just be yourself do what you want to do, obviously be a good person and try to be as compassionate as possible. But if you don't want to do something, don't do it. If you want to do something, do it. It's yeah. that simple. And it's that simple. Communicate. If you think like ask yeah. questions, communicate. Like so many people just don't do the obvious thing. And, and you know, yeah. It's so I true. I think it's it's we we often forget these things and then we have to remind ourselves. Yeah. But with this new transition, I'm really trying to prioritize not being stressed out. Mm. And so it's like, is this really worth stressing out about? You know, do you first of all, do you even have any evidence that this person's mad at you? No. And then it turned out that it was a completely innocent explanation that I couldn't have guessed, but right. You know, yeah. So yeah i don't know um, we get into our heads a lot that's what totally. it really comes down to we all we, totally. i feel like all of us get into our own heads too much and i think part oh. of part of being able to take risks period is yes. is getting closer to that that sort of mentality of right. like you just just live the life how you want it to live and don't allow there was this one book i read oh my god atomic habits did you ever read that oh, book before I've heard of that so good yeah, I've uh, that one too. Good. Sapiens and Atomic Habits. Uh, those are those two are must reads in my opinion. Um, I think he talks about having a like making up uh, made up rules. Like you you don't make up uh, uh, rules that are just rules for the sake of being rules. You know, mm. it's like oh I should feel this way about something or no yeah. I can't do that. 
I can't, you know, I sh I shouldn't I shouldn't work after eight o'clock even if I really want to work on something, and then the rule yeah. becomes okay, but why, why yeah. why not? Like if you enjoy, if that's what you want to do, fucking do it. Like what? Why yeah. is that such a bad thing? Oh, I shouldn't wake up at ten o'clock today because you know it, I'm I I I need to wake up at six o'clock every morning because if I don't do that, I'm I'm not disciplined. It's like okay, is there anything stopping you from continuing that the next day? Right. No. Right. Okay, so just do that. Like it's okay, <laughs> you know. And I, and I get like, there's a lot of like positives for being super, like there's a lot of positives for everything. But at the same time, like, I think if it just comes down to like achieving things that truly make you happy on a daily basis, even the small things, like those things compound, man. Like if you start your day with like 10 things that make you happy, the rest yeah. of the day is going to be fucking awesome. Cause that's right. how you started your day. You set a cadence for that. Even if it's like, you know what, today I'm going to make myself my coffee a little bit stronger, make it a little yeah. stronger, a little bit more caffeine. <laughs> okay. Go for it. You know, You're right. it's right. like these small things. I don't know, right. man. Life is so weird. That's what it really comes down to. Life is the weirdest thing of all time. I can't get right. my head wrapped around life. It's so weird. But, but are we in a simulation? Are we in a simulation? Yeah, are we? Are we? <laughs> I, don't I don't know, man. I think I feel like it's one of the... I, I mean, it, it's one of those questions that... I have a hard time not being with Elon where it's one of the likeliest scenarios of this is that we are in a simulation because the way he explains it about if you allow technology to go on for long enough yeah. like you would not be able to like why wouldn't you achieve a certain uh reality uh -huh. that is you can't analogous with re exactly exactly look yeah. at pong 40 years ago and compared to freaking the latest video game 40 right. years yeah. You know, and then you, you, you assume humanity lives on for another 100,000 years and technology keeps getting better. Right. Why wouldn't we have simulations? Right. You know, right. what do you think? Oh, I totally haven't ruled it out. I mean, I'm not exactly a religious person. I, I would I, say. Yeah, yeah I, I, I maybe I'm agnostic, right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there's a there's a possibility of everything. Um, mm. but it is an interesting thought experiment. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I may have watched too much black mirror, you know, because, <laughs> because, because a lot of that stuff, I'm like, man, that's, yeah. that could be legit. Yeah. That black mirror show is so freaking good. I know. It's so well, good. They're coming out with a new, with a new season. So. Yeah. I think you were the one who told me that. Yes. That they're working on that. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, we're a little over an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Should we wrap it up here? Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope it was, I hope people enjoy. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It's, it's always fascinating. Like I, sometimes I'm afraid to ask the questions I want to ask no. and I'm, I'm trying to get braver with it. Yeah. Because no, you th and, and I was also, I'm going to be honest, I'd be self-conscious. I was self-conscious. I'm like, she did this for a living yeah. for eight years. And now you got this bozo, like yeah. asking questions to a journalist, trying to like, I have, I mean, I do have confidence. I do have confidence in the fact that I know, I, 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 I try to like really get to the essence of how somebody yeah. thinks. And I'm trying to practice that. Yeah, um, no, I think you did great. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah um, uh, any any last words for the people viewing? Anything you want to share from your side? Uh, definitely plug your channel and any socials you have. But any any last words before we wrap this sucker up? Um, 
no, thanks for watching. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, we love to have, that's the nice thing about YouTube. We can have long conversations and it doesn't matter. I don't know how many of you stayed along for the whole ride, but if you did, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you to all four people that have stuck along yeah. with us. <laughs> You'd yeah. be surprised. A lot more people watch this than you think. Yeah, a, a lot. I think I think the baseline for my podcasts. I mean, I, I don't have a huge fan channel, but there's going to be a solid five thousand people that will watch this whole thing. Wow! And that's freaking awesome. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Even if it's five people, it's awesome. But that's yeah. like because they can play it in the background. You know, they can yeah. multitask. So exactly, exactly. Kind of nice. Yeah, it's it's the the weirdest thing ever. If I really think about it, I'm like, wow, there's like that many people that are listening to this conversation. But it's also yeah. at the same time, super rewarding, you know, because I'm like, wow, yeah. people like it's great. It's the most beautiful thing ever. It really yeah, is. I guess Most. I guess the only thing I would say to people is like weigh in on what you think about the state of TV news. Do you watch news? Are you not watching news anymore? You know, we we love to hear your thoughts. We're having this conversation to start a discussion with you guys, too. So exactly right. Thank yeah. you. And then uh, YouTube and socials for people. Uh, Ellie in space is my YouTube. My Instagram is Eliana in space. My Twitter is eSheriff TV. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> and we'll have it all in the comments too for yes. you guys to click on. Yes. 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 Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Thank you very course. much. Thank yeah. you.